found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom, discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, do you wonder why you take the time each week to listen to more podcasts? Well, I'll tell you why. You've got a little acronym you can use for more. It stands for Maximizing Opportunities for Right Now and Eternity. So stop asking why you listen. Just never forget to listen and pass it on. This podcast episode was brought to you by Avocado Farmers of America. Avocado, because it's important to have a backup plan for your salad. Uh <laughs> <laughs> We're underwritten now. Did you know that? That's impressive. Yeah, we are. We avocado farmers are they're pretty popular right now, mm-hmm. especially with the millennials. Um, here to well, uh, here to help me with uh, your weekly dose of uh, more goodness. He's the only man who can find the TV remote in the Bermuda Triangle of couch cushions on the first try. Pastor Gary. Hey, hey, there he is. All right, and sitting across the table from me, operating all the buttons and knobs over there, the man <laughs> with a thousand voices, Pastor Alex. Yeah, Norton. here it is. Yes. Well, uh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yep. Things are going great here at Harbor Light and uh, making lots of progress. And uh, we've got Wilson Insurance, one of our yeah. supporters here on the Moore podcast. They're outside painting. They took the day off from the office. The yeah. whole crew is out there, including their children. And really? they're all out there painting the north wall on the main sanctuary. And uh, it's looking really good. Good so job. They took all the right. whole day off from work and the whole crew came and they had a little uh, get-together in the morning with some donuts, and now they're out there painting and having a great time. Well, is there any donuts left? Or? There are some donuts left. Okay, I have to I know find where they're located. <laughs> yeah, I have to, <laughs> find. Uh, yeah, I've been noticing that the doors are going in. Uh, who yes. do we got doing that now? That's uh, Northern Michigan uh, Builders. Okay. That would be uh, Carter Bassett's uh, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they came in, and uh, we have a project where we have to move around six doors or six or seven. You have to close off some, move them a couple of feet down the yeah. the wall to a new location and uh, they came in and said we're going to do it all and they got started on monday morning eight o'clock and uh, yeah. they're doing great we just need to get a couple things inspected and they can start throwing some stuff back together yeah they did a lot of chopping and yeah <laughs> moving hole, making holes every place yep, and we yeah. got drywall dust everywhere yeah no and that stuff never seems to go away right. i don't know how many times you vacuum it up it mm-hmm. will find uh people's feet and get on there and then make mm-hmm. footprints everywhere and i'm sure it didn't help with all the little kids here Last oh, week or the Wednesday? Yeah, um, I I don't I didn't see too much evidence of that. That was good. Too many, yeah, too many footprints running around. Well, I don't know if you uh, knew this yet, uh, Pastor Gear, but apparently we have a uh, Twitter feed somewhere on the internet. Oh, and so we have people that are uh, I don't know who these people are. They just have, go by their handles on here. I uh, have written about the uh, more podcast. Okay, and have made comments about it. And I thought it was interesting to kind of bring some of these up. Uh, curious. Kaleidoscope uh, mentioned on their Twitter to us, just got my daily dose of uh, mental gymnastics from the more podcast. Mm. My brain cells are now doing cartwheels. Wow. Um, hashtag brain workout. Uh, Woody Wanderer. Okay. The more podcast is like a treasure hunt for ideas and I'm the pirate of, of pondering. R. Wow. That's uh, from pirate of ideas. You, you know, uh, you and I both being pastors, we we do have a little sub part of our job description where we do pirate ideas from oh, other yeah. pastors. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a fellow pirate as well. I'm a, I'm my, I, I tell people all the time I'm a plagiarist of my library. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Caffeine Critic says coffee plus more podcast equals my formula for skyrocketing productivity. My boss should be thanking you. Coffee boost hashtag. 
Uh, here's another one. Random Rambler. The host of the more podcast must have PhDs and I, I don't even know what this word means. Tangential thinking. Every episode feels like a mental adventure park. Mental exploration hashtag. Are you sure they're talking about us? Yeah, they're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Chaos Champion started the more podcast, ended up questioning the fabric of the universe. Coincidence? I think not. Universe Whisperer. Uh, quirky Questioner. The more podcast where every answer leads to three more questions. My curiosity has never been this caffeinated. Hashtag Curious Cat. And then the last one is uh, Imagination Inc. Uh, the more podcast turns ordinary thoughts into extraordinary adventures, my imagination is forever grateful. Hashtag adventurous mind. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Now, you did tell me that we we had a ton of downloads and likes last from the last episode. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, these may or may not be, you know, factual. I'm not sure. They're, okay. But, <laughs> yeah, I was feeling really pumped up there for a second. Yeah, like they, we had they, some <laughs> intelligence coming out. But okay, I don't. I can't find the Twitter account that apparently we're getting these from. Okay, but there, uh, someone out there is uh, hmm. talking about more podcasts. I thought it'd be interesting to. Yeah. Let our maybe whoever whoever has done that for us. Thank you, and uh, identify yourself so we can. Yeah. Be more appreciative. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. We'll we'll have to look into that, uh, yeah. But uh, don't don't try to look for this uh, Twitter account because I don't even know what it's under. You know, you might find something that you don't okay. want to find. So, I don't know yeah. how that works, but yeah, I'll take your word yeah. for it. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, uh, I have some uh, thoughts for this weekend. You know, if you're sitting around, we talk about this all the time. More podcasts, some interesting stories to help you uh, have something to talk about as we go through the summer. Some little thing that you can bring up about something you heard in more podcast and don't forget to mention where you got that story from. That's right. You know, even though we've stole it from someone else, right. Make sure you mention us yes. <laughs> when you're out there talking about it. Uh, well, apparently an 11 year old boy caught a fish with, with human like teeth in Oklahoma in a pond in a suburban area. Did it have braces on? It did, <laughs> it did not have braces. Okay. But the picture I saw, it looks like little kid's teeth in a fish's mouth. And really? Apparently it was, um, that's not the first one that's been found in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, Jana Clinton uh, was sitting on her back porch watching her son, Charlie, who was 11, fish in a pond behind their house in Oklahoma uh, this past weekend when he suddenly started yelling for her. Uh, it turned out that Charlie had landed a, a Paku, Paku fish that's a cousin of the piranha. Okay. And whose outsized uh, teeth have long struck fear in swimmers because they look just so unnatural for a fish. The Paku is a native of South America, but this one was swimming in a, a small pond in the Clinton's suburb north mm. of Oklahoma City, like one of their, you so, know, like one of those ponds for fires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So so you've got piranha, of course, would be considered probably carnivorous, right? I mean, right, yeah. probably eat meat. And um, and then you have this this fish with human teeth. Um, I wonder if they're eating avocados. Are they more... <laughs> A vegetarian type. It's of more a of a vegetarian because they don't have yeah. the teeth in this fish were not very sharp, mm -hmm. so it looked like that. But uh, okay. he's, the boy said it put up quite a fight as he's pulling it in. Mm -hmm. But uh, officials believe it was dumped there by a previous pet owner. Yep, because apparently you can get these things in you Oklahoma. Know. Okay, and uh, if you let them out you know, in the wild for too long, they get pretty big. You know that we have an Everglades problem because people let all of their giant pet snakes go. Oh yeah, and now we have like major. Um, reduction in some of our bird species in the Everglades because they just eat the birds and their eggs and everything else. Oh, yeah, they're huge. Uh, what is it? New Orleans, they have a, um, what is it, the anaconda mm -hmm. run or whatever they call it, where they can go out there and you have so many days you can get so many so many uh, snakes and you win a prize right. for the, the most or the length of 
Mm-hmm. Your snakes put together. Right. The ones got the most, yeah, one surprise. Okay. Yeah, people do that a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. And it's, it's just really obviously not very smart to do. Yeah. Uh, we have a groundhog problem at, around our place. Did you get that place. figured out we yet? Did not have, we have not figured it out yet. My critter commander advice hasn't. He, he just said, listen, they're really tough to catch. Yeah. So, um, But my neighbor, of course, he's lost 20 tomato plants to. The stupid the, thing. The, yes. But um, uh, some of my close relatives were hunting it. <laughs> They tried smoking it out of the hole. Oh my gosh! And uh, we found out that they are actually the type of animal that they're active during the daytime. So, so they're not even in there. It probably wasn't in the hole. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, you know what you need to do is you need to hire those guys from Duck Dynasty to come up because okay, they will figure out a way mm-hmm. to kill that Could thing. Probably blow up my backyard, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just was watching an episode the other day where they were taking care of a beaver dam. Okay. Did you have you seen that one? It's no. an older episode. And uh, they went out there, and and they were out there with guns, waiting for any sign of a beaver, a okay. beaver to shoot it. And uh, there's talk of dynamite, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. throwing it out there, all kinds of stuff. But they wanted to take the beavers out, boy. And they were, they were out there shooting at I don't even know what anything that moved. The the you know the the wind blew something. They were shooting at it. You know, hmm. that's what you need. You need yeah. somebody that committed to right. taking out your your <laughs> pest. I don't I don't have that problem in my house. I don't know. Yeah, we we had a groundhog last year, and I shot at it with my handgun, and I never saw it again. So I'm thinking maybe I, I got it, but uh, this year we got another one. Really? Yeah. What? Maybe it's the the baby of the other maybe. one. Go to bed. Maybe. The, yeah. I don't know. Those those things are sort of cute, you know, but they cause a lot of from, damage, right? From a distance. From right? a distance. I know. Yeah. I, I just saw a critter commander posted some pictures of a, a large beavers that he just trapped mm. uh, yesterday, last he, night. Yeah. And they, they, was, they were huge. Yeah, they were pretty impressive. I was like, whoa. They can weigh like 90 pounds. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a job all to him. I, I couldn't figure that one out. I'd probably get taken out by the beaver. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Coyote Pup interrupts golf game at Massachusetts course. I picked this one for you because I thought it would be interesting for you. Um, apparently, a group of golfers in Massachusetts found their game interrupted when a Coyote Pup trotted out in, onto the course to play with their golf balls. Oh. And uh, apparently this pup has been out there before stealing the golf balls and taking off into the woods with them. Uh-huh. And so then the golfers are, you know, right. Kind of frustrated with the game because they're, you know, what if they had a great shot, right? The perfect shot. Right. Landed where, I mean. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the wildlife yeah. carries it away. I always try to get the wildlife to go closer to the hole for me on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Can you bring it over a little bit? Yeah. 600 yard drive. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Just keep running <laughs> with it. Uh, Dennis. Uh, Ippolito of Malding uh, captured the video when he and his friends were playing Sunday at Cedar Glen Golf Course. Have you heard that one? Nope. In Saugus. And encountered the young coyote. Uh, groundskeepers tried to catch the pup, but it took off with those golf balls. And they haven't seen the pup yet. Hmm. Uh, and so my question, you know, with that whole thing is, is it legal to claim a mulligan in that situation? Yes. You could. Mm-hmm. If it's an act of God, you can claim a mulligan. I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the pup's running around. It's called a free drop. You get to do a free drop. Yeah, and you hope that you can. Well, you know, I've seen, I've been with golfers that be like, well, I think it was another six feet forward. Yeah, yeah, I've been with golfers before that take free drops on every hit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember playing. I used to play with a bunch of guys in Lansing, and mm-hmm. you know, that was the thing. They'd be like, oh, you know what? I think that's my ball. Yeah, way up there. Right. You know, and then I'm like, I don't see a ball up there. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, I think it's up there. And then you go up and then drop the ball. I'm yeah, like, yeah. After a while, you just kind of get used to it, you know. Uh, and then they're like, hey, you can, you know, drop your ball. It's okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I just did. I was I had too much respect for the game. Right. You're a purist. I'm a purist, yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're ever out on the golf course, Pastor Gary, you might have wildlife taken. Maybe one of the groundhogs might take it and mm-hmm. run off with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be fun. Uh, so, yeah, those are stories to talk about. You can uh, talk about this 11-year-old boy that caught caught a uh, fish with look like human teeth in its mouth uh be careful if you go to oklahoma and you're fishing in that area because you might find one of these things and apparently they do fight uh and you know being on a golf course and have wildlife come out and steer your ball mm-hmm. i think a coyote pup is not a big issue but it, when it becomes a bear or mm. you know bobcat or a mountain lion right. i think that's when you're you know it's time to like go back to the hey honey clubhouse. Let's, let's make the turn watch <laughs> out for those timber wolves yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great for a golf course, you yeah. know, to make an extreme course. Right. Just start stocking Good the to, woods with us. <laughs> to avoid the wildlife as well as play the game. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you don't know if you're going to make it out or not, you know. Mm-hmm. you got to use your clubs not only to play the game, but also to defend yourself. Uh, well, we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. rapture ready with your favorite host today pastor gary and pastor alex norton as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more (laughs) and today on casey Kasem. Hey, uh, you know, uh, talking about rapture ready news, uh, I almost feel like I'm in the rapture with the gas prices the way they are right now. I mean, come on. Okay. This is ridiculous. They were at $4 the other day. Are they over 4 Are they? No, they okay. dropped down to three ninety three today. Oh, wow. Okay. You should but, be rejoicing. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it's, <laughs> it's going to go back up because I'm telling you, every time. Well, we do have a man- holiday coming up, holiday weekend. That's true. So it will surge. Uh, you know. I don't even want to hear. My, my sister-in-law from Chicago told me that their gas prices are getting close to five bucks right now a gallon. Mm. And I'm like, there's no way I would move five bucks a gallon to yeah. drive. Um, yeah, but we're getting there. Uh, in the uh, Rapture Ready News, uh, UN expert demands Christians comply with leftist ideology. Um, Slay News reports this week that a United Nations expert Advisor on Sexual Orientation has issued a new report demanding that Christians comply with radical leftist ideology. Uh, In his report, UN expert Victor Madrigal Borlaz expressed the idea that religious freedom is not not incompatible with LGBT ideology. If the church would start embracing the woke movement, uh, we would have a lot more harmony, and it's not actually against the tenets of our faith. Mm. You must not be a regular attender. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's circulating right now. Uh, it actually was voted on by the commission that he's a part of to well, hey, send I mean, it out. It, you know, if we're going to go with that mentality and that 
train of thought, then we should just all be friends with the people that want to blow us off the face of the earth. I, well, I think right? we're, I think we're have there more now. harmony <laughs> if we just let them in. Yeah, right. Right. We're getting there, right? We mm-hmm. just sent $2 billion to Iran. So, yeah. hey, you know what? Why, why not? Why, why not, not get everybody? I'm sure they're just going to use that money for a really good, wholesome thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Especially when they just keep talking about taking Israel out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just send them $2 more billion dollars and right. help fund it. Yeah, see what they could come up with, right? Because they're getting so close to making their own nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Why not help them? I mean, they're going to use it for energy, right? Not, yeah. Not for anything else. Not to destroy anybody. Uh, yeah, I don't, this is just one more reason to think that, you know, Jesus needs to come back. Yeah. Um, you know, the UN, as far as I understand it from history, was the whole point of being the peacemakers of the world, trying to uh, not get into everybody's business, right? They're, they're supposed to kind of just keep things going. You know, if there's an issue, you know, we'll step in and help out. But mm-hmm. it just seems like an overstep in this situation where now... Uh, they're attacking the churches of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and while well, it seems like churches internationally that, uh, you know, if we were, I guess, more Christian-like, mm-hmm. that we would, you know, accept the LGBTQ plus, 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 whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, just say, hey, you know what? It's not a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so you got any, any uh, words of advice for us in the world? <laughs> Well, let me tell you, um, <laughs> like we talked about in church a couple weekends ago, so yeah. when people, and it doesn't matter if it's this subject or any others, when we don't do it God's way, we're going to come to a dead end, and life will be unsatisfying and unfulfilling. And that's a point in which a lot of people turn to fight faith in Jesus Christ. And, and so when people are coming to the end of themselves and they want to turn to God, Harbor Light wants to be there to help them discover who God really is yeah. and what he says and what he has for them. Um, if And, you know, everyone comes to the end of that road at some point or another, some sooner than others, but yeah. we'll be ready. So, yeah, I, yeah, I get you. I, I just, for me, it's just like uh, when you when you just think that it was, you know, enough of that weirdness going on, then mm-hmm. you've got you know, another level of weirdness. And at some point you're just like, you gotta be kidding me. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to springboard off of that. Yeah. Okay. So at least Kay and I were watching a couple of uh, really, in, really, really anointed pastors online the other day for our evening time devotions. And uh, so, you know, we had a couple of weeks ago in our U S Congress, we had a UFO um, oh, yeah. investigation. Yeah. And uh, so this pastor that we were listening to, which seemed to uh, go right along with our, our hearts that, um, you know, those UFO sightings are really demonic activity where demons yeah. are manifesting themselves as the Bible says they can. And, um, and watch out because there's a new level of deception that's going to be coming our way. Yeah. And you, you said weird and wacky, right? Yeah. So it's going to be weird and wacky time. Yeah. And, uh, there are some people who are, um, atheists who just don't want to acknowledge God as the creator. Um, well, they just said that aliens showed up here and started life on this planet. Right. Yeah. And so now it's going to be validated. I'm sure in the next couple of years, we're going to hear more <laughs> yeah. and more validation for <laughs> UFOs and, you know, aliens doing things on this planet. So get yeah. ready for the level of deception to come to a new level. Uh, you know, isn't it interesting though? It just proves again, uh, who we really are and who created us because we're looking for something out there to mm-hmm. come here to save us. Mm hmm. And they're going to look at it through the lens of aliens when Jesus did that right. 2,000 years ago. Or yeah. to be the answer that somehow life in this very ordered universe yeah. happened 
Um, not with God, right? You just anything but God. Right, Please, yeah. just anything but God. It can happen, um, you know, by accident. It can happen with aliens. It can happen. Just, just not God, please. Yeah, right. And you have to ask yourself as a believer, why is that so important to people? Well, if there is a God, then he has a standard. Yeah. He has, you have a responsibility to him and we don't, and people don't want to answer to him. And so therefore we got to get rid of him so we don't have to answer to him. That's, that's at the heart of why we're going to have evolution and every other oh, yeah. weird theory of aliens coming here and starting life on this planet. Well, we can control, you know, it's almost like we, in that scenario, we, we have sort of an option to. Uh, control still this the whole narrative the whole mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. whereas if we talk about god then god's in control he's sovereign he's in control of it all and we don't right so we'll find a way to put it back in our hands and so aliens make a perfect exactly perfect choice for us because you know just we'll just get to know them and learn you know user technology and whatever else the people and they're, talk about. And they're yeah. definitely here for us yeah right? oh yeah they're, they're here to help us right. just like, <laughs> we should send them two billion dollars I mean, right just right. yeah oh my gosh yeah i've been hearing so much about these aliens and all these people coming out and talking about it and i'm like good lord you let know? me tell you let me tell you people probably have seen demons yeah and just attributing it to aliens. But demons can step in and out of this dimension. Yeah. They can appear as an angel of light. They yeah. can interact with us just like, you know, regular angels can, as it says in the book of Hebrews, we can entertain angels unaware. Yeah. We can entertain demons unaware. Right. And, uh, you know, it says that Satan will always appear as an angel of light. Right. In the heavenly places. Yeah. Look at all that language. Look at yeah. all that terminology that... um the Bible has already warned us thousands of years ago that there will be a coming a time when man will lose his mind mm-hmm. and start believing in all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, here you go. And we are and on the doorstep. We're having congressional hearings about it, which exactly. is... Wow. Yep. You know? Not gas prices. No. No, not gas prices. We're talking about aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And inflation and the cost of housing. I just uh, got a report uh, yesterday. I was li- listening to it and then I read it about how the average uh, renter right now is between one and two thousand dollars across the nation. Mm-hmm. And that to, to purchase a home, uh, inflation is so high that first time homeowners is beyond is beyond the reach for a lot of them. There's just no way. And I've heard that farmland, I heard on the um, Brownfield report this morning on the, on the radio that yeah. uh, the farmland, the prices for farmland are just astronomical. Really? They're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars per acre of it, just, you know, field. Yeah, and you know who's buying that up. Sure. Yeah, Bill Gates. That's what, that's what they, that's well, the conspiracy theories I've been listening okay. to. Okay. Well, it would also, I mean, verifiably, we yeah. have our adversary communism yeah china are buying up you know our farm fields yeah and, and they're then, buying up our our places and that, i want you to yeah. think about something what's what's what are the two or three most things that we need as a human yeah. right air yeah water and food, food yeah sleep yeah right what happens if i can control one of those yeah how got, about your food we got problems yeah if you give away the control of your food to anyone else so they even need you're to put now, an army here. Now they're yeah. slave. Yeah, they don't even put an army here. They just take it over. They don't have to fire a single shot. Yeah. TikTok and our foods will control us. Um, there there was a talk uh, the other day that China now owns three of the some of the most popular uh, stores that we have in the United States. China owns them now. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember which one they. I was going to look it up before we got on on the air, but. Yeah, um, I watched a documentary on the food industry and the food, you know, way that you get your food. And yeah. it's down to a handful of companies actually 
own all of the food distribution and food making. Yeah. That's super dangerous. Well, you know, the, the company Unilever out of England, okay, they own a lot. Uh-huh. They own like Trader Joe's. They own like all these places. Uh, it's ridiculous how much England owns of our country. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the second evasion, right? They didn't win in the Revolutionary <laughs> War, but they're coming back for it. British are coming. We're going to take it back. Yeah. <laughs> we, we want it all back. Uh, yeah, just as long as you don't have to queen on the, on the dollar or something. Anyways, oh, we're going to take an ID break and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, don't worry. More podcasts will be back in just a second. The Damside Inn is an historic restaurant located in Pelston, Michigan. Nestled next to the North's most scenic majesty, it offers a picturesque setting and a charming ambiance. The restaurant serves a delicious array of old country dining with its rustic charm and scenic surroundings. Making the Damside Inn at 6705 Woodland Road, Pelston, your next stop to make memories as a family for generations to come. The Damside Inn. Mm-mm. And uh, I think we need to have a staff outing there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I hear they got some good chicken. I had some. Mm-hmm. Joe Taz, when I was laid up from the hospital, uh, took brought me over some. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. It hit the spot. Uh, okay, so we're uh, getting into Harbor Light Bible Trivia. And uh, this week, we had quite a few winners. And we had one that I did not expect when I answered the question. Not that she's not smart. But she never answers any of the questions, so it was just a shock for me to have her on the list. Okay. Uh, but the winners this last week were Linda Murray, uh, Ben Budnick, Alan Kaberski, Mary Self. Those are the ones that are real popular with us. Yes. And then Leslie Budnick. Wow. Leslie got in on it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All of a sudden, her name popped up. I'm just so happy that she took part of it. Uh, thanks for uh, playing the game with us. Well, if you're uh, wanting to be a part of the Harbor Light Bible Trivia, all I have to do is email to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com. Harborlight Bible Trivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, and let us know your answer. And then, of course, on Sundays, we have a swag extravaganza mm-hmm. that you can get involved with uh, the stuff that's out there. Grab something uh, for your win and uh, make sure you let people know where you got it from, even though it has somebody else's name on it. But, okay. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff out there. That's great. Uh, so, Pastor Gary, the, the question was from last week, uh, which was the, the seven last sayings of Jesus yes. uh, from okay. the cross, basically. And I believe they go, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Uh, uh, today, you will be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son. Behold thy mother. Uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm thirsty. It is finished. And the last one, of course, is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Yeah. So those are the seven last sayings of Jesus from the cross. Um, very popular for the Good Friday uh, season. <laughs> we're a little ahead now. of the game. Yeah, we're way ahead. We, you know, we want to beat the rush. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so congratulations to those people that were able to find those. That was uh, very, very exciting. And um, I'm, I'm going to take you to now um, the trivia question. Is that okay? For yeah, the, let's do it. Let's do trivia it. Trivia question for the, yeah. the week coming up here. And um, we're going to go to an Old Testament prophet. And uh, we're going to go to one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture. And we're going to be talking about vision or having plans or goals that you're going to lay before the Lord. And um, so in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, I want you to um, answer this question. Um, What are you supposed to do? Okay, what's Mm -hmm. the first thing you're supposed to do with a vision or a goal that the Lord has given you. 
out of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2. 2. Yep. Try to say, First 2. Try to say that in the morning. Yeah. Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it clears your sinuses. It does. It's one of the books that clears your sinuses. Yep. So, um, you know, so what's the first thing you're supposed to do with um, your vision or goal or um, the thing that the Lord has given you? Is this something that you're going to be talking about this Sunday? Well, you know, this Sunday coming up is our vision Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I want to be able to um, give some instruction from this passage of scripture yeah. and um, help all of us as a church uh, understand where we're going mm-hmm. and uh, what we're trying to get accomplished. We'll also be covering the Bible verse that we picked for the year, all right. uh, Jeremiah yeah. 616, and which was amazing because I went to a conference uh, last week and um, right. and that was the, one of the theme verses for the, not for the the conference, but the pre-conference when they met with all the leaders, yeah, um, they they said, "Hey, look, look at this passage of scripture," and they they read it off, and and I was just, my heart was just that's good, yeah, really affirmed on the fact that Harbor Light has heard the Lord for our our season that we're in. Looking forward to hearing; it'll be good. Yep. And that's the uh, service we're having outside. Yes, outside in the end of the uh, community park there. Yeah, uh, ten o'clock, one service only. Uh, then, we will have chairs, so you don't have to bring your own lawn chair if you don't want to. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a great time out there. And then that's, uh, we also encouraged one of the Sundays to, you know, take somebody out that day. Yes, that's the take a friend out to church. Yeah. Take them out to lunch. Take them out to lunch, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, if anybody was going to take Pastor Gary or myself out. Mm -hmm. um, I will not be available. Um, That's going to be crazy day for me. Oh, that's right. You have the wedding. Yeah. So as soon as I get done and I say amen, then I have to go do a wedding. Right. And then as soon as I say you're married. Yeah. You can kiss the bride. <laughs> then I have to go over to my mom's 75th birthday. That's right. Um, yeah. Big bash over there. So it's going to be a busy day for you. Very busy day. You'll be taking a nap later on. Yes. Yeah. Probably an evening nap. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Going to bed early on that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 75 years old for uh, Karen yep. Mendel. Yep, yeah. she's uh, super amazing. Probably one of the most impressive 75-year-old yeah. ladies that I know of. And uh, just really, really proud to have her as my mom she's the only only one that i know of that knows technology well enough <laughs> because yeah. a lot of them they don't at that right. point in life you, you're calling the grandkids over and you're mm-hmm. like i don't know how to turn my phone on yeah she 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 knows how to have friends that know where that information <laughs> is that's what it is so yeah, she's right, good yeah. at building friendships oh it's it's just it's awesome to see her on sunday when she's walking around with the the streaming stuff mm-hmm. you know yep she she knows what she's doing she, she comes in it, yeah. early she's yeah. ready to go she's ready for all of those dream teamers that come in to help her out yeah and she loves them and loves on them and they do a great job ready to make it happen yeah yeah well uh i guess a pretty happy birthday to her and then uh a pretty happy wedding to Raphael and, and tasha right yes yeah. those are the two that will be getting married this weekend up in the the prayer up room, in right? the prayer prayer slash wedding chapel. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're going to be just kind of like running up off the stage, you know. Up there. It is kind of fun to uh, show people that room as well as just kind of tell them where it is, and they're kind of blown away that uh, on the second story here at Harbor Light, we actually have a 75, you know, seated yeah. room for doing weddings and prayer and those kind of things. That that room's about the size of many of the chapels that I served in, oh, in yeah. the Salvation Army, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time I go in there, I'm like, hey, I'm back home. Here yeah, I am, there you man. go. All you need is a holiness table up there and a Salvation Army something or another up mm. there, and you'll be good to go. A couple of brass horns, and you're good <laughs> to go. Yeah. Get some brass horns going. <laughs> I don't, do we know anybody in the church that actually plays brass? Uh, it, we've had a couple of people in the past. Jamie Johnson. And, oh, yeah, and, that's you know, right. They all played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all play brass, yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, I don't, I don't miss those days. Actually, <laughs> brass, uh, yeah, was never. Mind. It has its place, right? Not, well, yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, 
It's hey, you go to a college football game, you gotta have brass. Yeah, well, you know, it's expected, mm-hmm. you know, there. But uh, at church on Sunday, when you're trying to worship Jesus, and you've got uh, horns blasting your ear at E flat, you know, it's kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the same thing where um, uh, Pastor Ted sort of has this thing against uh, banjos. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. And we just sent him this banjo guitar picture that we want to buy him one of these things we didn't know that he hates banjos i wouldn't say he hates them but he thinks they have a very particular place for them a very special place okay and it's not often <laughs> it's not often so that that picture is going to be a, a fun picture yeah um I, w- I won't mention i won't mention the song but there's a really viral song going on right now oh, where yeah. this guy is singing about how our dollar isn't worth any money yeah. and the people in our government are only patting their own pockets yeah. and he's got this i can't remember the name of it but it's basically a banjo guitar yeah but uh it was really really cool everyone likes that song and i know it's gone viral yeah the we, guy said he posted it. Yeah, we won't mention it. Okay. And then it just went up there, you know, and then he says he wakes up the next morning and finds out there's millions of people that listen to the song. Yeah, when I, when I connected with it, he had over 12 million views. Yeah. Yep. So he's probably started a career just by being right. angry. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so get online and get angry and you might go viral on that. Mm. Well, uh, okay, so Habakkuk chapter two, yep. uh, look for this. And, and, you know, if you want to... F- Focus down to verse two. What's the one thing you're supposed to do? What's the first thing you're supposed to do with a vision? What's the first thing you're supposed to do with a vision? Yep. Uh, and the the fun part is going to be trying to find the book because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, gotta, it's one of those minor prophets that's not always easy to find. You got a B and three Ks in that word. <laughs> okay, this is a Scrabble yeah. triple yeah. value. Cripple word score. For, Use it for, yeah, yeah. for Scrabble. And if you want to say it in the Jewish way, it's Habakkuk. Yeah, it's, right. a, it's a mm-hmm. sinus cleanser for you. Uh, and also just a, you know, a word from God to us mm-hmm. uh, about uh, his undying love and care for us. And also helping us understand our vision, apparently, in this passage. So look it up. Uh, if you have the answer, send it to HarborLightBibleTrivia at gmail.com. HarborLightBibleTrivia at gmail.com. All lowercase. And uh, let us know what you think. And if you get it right, then we got some swag for you. The more podcasts want you to know, got more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcasts. Well, last week, Pastor Gary and uh, Lisa Kay got a well-deserved uh, day off from uh, all the busyness they've been going through here at the church, uh, and so it gave me an opportunity to uh, uh, speak, and uh, if you remember last week, we talked about uh, uh, the story from 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 through 7, about David's memoir, his last words, last thoughts about his life. And he basically boiled down a very eventful life down to seven verses. Mm. And so the, the big question was, how would your memoir read yourself if you were able to write it? Uh, would it include more about Jesus or more about our accomplishments? And that was sort of the whole idea on Sunday was, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, when we talk about writing our own life stories, it includes a lot of our highlights 
um, things that we've done that we think are really important and, and special, and we want people to remember those things. And here, David has a very elaborate life, and yet he boils it down to really pointing more to God than anything else. And um, as I pointed out in the sermon, he could have could have pointed to a lot of things that he did. Yeah, and he yeah. didn't. So again, that was found in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, mm-hmm. verses one through seven. Okay. Um, and, and there were some things that were, were highlighted. Basically, we took it from three perspectives, uh, understanding the memoir that Dave was writing. He, he actually started out with, you know, talking about himself in the memoir, then it eventually gets to God and then how it eventually affects all of us, uh, the words that he shared in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23. Uh, some of the things that we find in the passive scripture were um, that he definitely reflected on God's anointing on his life, mm. setting him apart. Um, David begins his memoir by acknowledging that he is, uh, you know, the son of Jesse, the man exalted by the most high in the scripture. And then he recognizes that his position as king was a result of God's anointing and elevation. He didn't really do anything. Um, and I think that was a key subject. I, I don't know, um, your thoughts on that, but I think it's interesting how David, when he was, um, uh, talking about his life in that very short section of scripture, uh, it seems like he definitely sees the fact that uh, regardless if he was praised for anything he had done, the, the results always seem to, in this passage, go back to God. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good quality to have. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I really I really appreciate those people that when they're doing a good job using their, their talent, gifts, or, or calling to do something amazing, and you compliment them, that they say thank you, you know, the yeah. Lord has helped me do this, and, uh, you know, he gets the praise. But they, they acknowledge the fact that God is using them to be able to do what it is that they're doing. And uh, so that's really that's really amazing. And um, I think we as believers need to encourage each other to use the gift mm-hmm. and, the, and the callings that God has on our lives and to recognize that he has a specific thing that he yeah. wants you to accomplish and, um, and tap into that and see that fulfilled. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was sharing on Sunday, I think it is sometimes a, a temptation, you know, to, um, you know, pat ourselves on the back. You know, I used to tell my kids, don't break your arm, pat yourself on the back, you mm-hmm. know, for things. Uh, because, you know, I, I think that we, we like the praise. I mean, we enjoy the fact that people um, check us, uh, check out what we've done, our accomplishments. And it seems like it's, um, it gets kind of tempting, I think, after a while. And, you know, I look at, uh you know, David, without all the juicy details that happened with, you know, Bathsheba and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he did have a lot to say, hey, man, check, you know, check out what I've done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at some point, it seems like you get to that perspective. Um, I was talking to a gentleman on, on Sunday, and uh, he was talking about how uh, his big concern is that he doesn't want to just go off into oblivion. He doesn't want to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants something to, for people to remember that he did. And, and I, and I thought to myself as he was saying that to me, you know, when you you do it God's way, right? You you acknowledge God. It almost seems like God does definitely acknowledge you and does raise you up. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you writing the memoir saying, "Look at all the things I've done." It seems like God is the one that uh, makes it um, important for people to remember you for whatever reason. Just like David, his story is still talked about even three three thousand, four thousand years later. We're still talking about David and what he's done. And uh, it's just an amazing thing. And, and that was all God's doing. It had nothing to do with David. David didn't, you know, force the issue. Um, and so uh, I, I was thinking about my own life. Uh, you know, there are things where 
um, I, I was mentioning on Sunday, it was kind of funny. I was saying that I want my kids to remember when, um, you know, dad was taking care of them, you know, and that, that all the things they have in life is because dad gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was because of my effort, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, I mentioned that, you know, my wife, you know, even though I was probably a character for most of our marriage, I wanted to remember me as a perfect husband because, mm-hmm. you know, I was, and I want to give her all the reasons in my memoir, why it should be that. But mm-hmm. uh, the reality is I'm, I'm not, you know, and, and the reality is it doesn't really matter, um, in the grand scheme of, of the kingdom, but well, one of the things that uh, I appreciate about you as well as others is many, many of us come from humble beginnings and, um, but God has, you know, a call on our life and he moves us to where we need to be, uh, to be used by him. Mm-hmm. And David, obviously, you know, he's a shepherd boy out in the back 40, uh, being overlooked and God calls him and brings him to the position, the prominent position of the second King of Israel. And he does a super amazing job. And as you just said, 3000 years later, we're still talking about him. Yeah. So, um, you know, Alex, I know you had a humble up upbringing and came from some humble background, but look what God has done through you. <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> what was it? We were talking about the other day. You were, can we bring this up on? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah. why don't you tell that story just real briefly about your 16th birthday <laughs> oh and the gift God. that you got. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it has made a mark on my life. Go ahead. It made a mark on my life. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, my 16th birthday, I had thrown myself a party for my birthday, and <laughs> my parents came down all excited about uh, the gift that they got me, mm-hmm. and it was the only gift that I got from them, and it was a uh, uh, like a like a box, mm-hmm. nice little box. Yeah. And uh, they handed it to me, and they're all excited, and they're, you know, I'm just getting excited because it's a small box, right? And it's on your 16th and birthday. And it's on my 16th birthday. You get keep that all in mind. Right. So most people on their 16th birthday think there's certain things that may happen. Or could happen. Could it would happen. be amazing. It would be amazing. Or at least the permission to have certain things happen, which weren't there before. And so I get ready to open the box. And as I'm opening it up, my friends are all excited too, because they're all thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I open it up and inside there is my, my first letter of my name, A, and a key connected to the letter A. And so- and Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. I mean, wow, dream right. come true. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I don't, I've, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, my parents have either given me the key to their car so I can drive it, or I've got my own car somewhere, someone right. that's outside somewhere. And so as it's I'm- a <laughs> giant big red bow on it. Right, and as yeah. I'm talking about it, my uh, mom and dad like, oh no, this is just to help encourage you as you move forward that, you know, this is the next step for so you. So someday yeah. you can get a you car. You can get a car and you can put this key ring on that car. That car so you got a key keys. ring I got a key for your 16th with birthday a with, a, with a fake key, yeah. but with the letter A on the key yeah. ring so that someday <laughs> when you do get a car, you can use yeah. this key ring. I was like, What? Oh, oh my goodness! That so, would have to be the biggest letdown. Oh yeah! First of all, the biggest up. Yeah, the oh, heart, yeah. heart just racing and just super excited about what could be, and yeah. then slam the door. Yeah, yeah. Heart falls all the way onto the floor. <laughs> I maybe stepped on a little bit, a few times, and yeah. then uh, my friends, you know, they're like, "Oh man, you know, oh, I'm so, so happy for you." Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice gearing. That's <laughs> wonderful. Oh, Pastor Alex, yeah. I felt so much for you when you told that story. I don't even know day. where that thing is anymore. I yeah. probably lost it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do come from humble, yeah, humble uh, yeah. backgrounds, and but uh, you know, God, God is doing amazing things through you, and uh, super proud of you for that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're having we're having a good time. I think, you know, I've mentioned to you before. You know, I'm kind of living my best life right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards towards the, I keep telling my wife this. She's like, "You're not in the grave yet." I'm like, towards the twilight of my life. She's like, "You're not in the grave yet." Quit talking about that. I'm like, 
I'm going to be 50. Mm. I mean, I'm taking the next step into the next decade. Yeah. I mean, how was it for you when you hit 50? Uh, it was okay. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't seem to get stuck on certain age numbers or anything like that, but yeah, it was, it was all right. Yeah. I just want to be, you know, the most amazing 50 year old that, uh, that God's using. <laughs> that's kind of what I tell myself, right? I want to be, uh, so that's I, I, I went to Goodwill and yeah. this, this had to be God. I don't know okay. because I'm looking through the books. I normally go thumb through the books and there's a book on how to live your best life in your fifties. I picked it up. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet, but I, I've got it. I'm waiting for when that day happens. I want to encourage you with this. So I heard a message by um, a guy that went to Harbor Light. He was a famous pastor and author, mm-hmm. uh, wrote uh, The Midlife Crisis, and um, just an excellent, excellent guy. And he said that uh, people in their 50s are yeah. the most, 50s and early 60s, are the most fulfilled people All right. on the planet because they've raised their kids. Yeah. They've um, accomplished many of the things that they want to, yeah. um, and and they, they they still can move around. And I know you've been kind of limp, limped up a little bit <laughs> yeah, here lately, that's, but that's not going so good. Yeah, no, but no. Uh, you know you have the potential yeah. to be super effective and do it at the pace in which God has brought for you to do and find fulfillment in it. So you yeah. you could be looking at the next decade as the best decade of your life. Awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do like the whole fact of the uh, no kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I love my kids, but mm-hmm. uh, that whole idea of empty nest syndrome is not not necessarily negative for me. Right. It's kind of like great, you know. The empty nest celebration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, you know, if you put something in the fridge, it's going to not be there the next day. <laughs> right. Uh, even though, Even though you said a million times, don't eat this because mm-hmm. this is mine. And it had a chain on it, it had and a chain a note on, on yeah. it. And then, then they take it. Or, you know, to have, uh, to pick up laundry every five minutes because apparently the laundry basket isn't, you know, too far away. <laughs> okay. Or this is my favorite is leaving garbage on the counter next to the garbage can. Oh, okay. That's, that's right there. Mm-hmm. But you're going to put the garbage on the counter instead of just, just an inch over. Right. You can put it in the garbage. Yeah. Those are all going to be or wonderful. Leave it on the lid of the trash, or leave it on the lid of the trash, or uh, forget to take out the garbage, and then you know uh, mm-hmm. this gets full. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, my wife and I, we had this worked out in our wedding vows and our contract when we started that I was I was to pump gas, take garbage out, okay, and uh, do lawn work, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll I'll commit to those three for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, those mm-hmm. are those are given on the contract, okay. And, uh, of course, you know, she would cook and clean and do the laundry because apparently I don't know how to fold clothes. So I've been pretty faithful with that, you know, most of the time. But I'm figuring at some point there is a leeway to the contract when you start having kids. Okay. Especially when they're boys, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we had girls, I'm sure my wife would, you know, kind of voluntold them into the kitchen and help their get other things done. Mm-hmm. But I've got boys, so they should be, you know, helping me out in some of those areas. Oh, okay. It doesn't always seem to work out that way. Mm. You know, like, hey... You know, help dad out with the lawn or help dad out mm, with the, you trash know. Or, yeah. I mean, okay. it's, they, I'll tell you, they, they've gotten better as they've gotten older. Like Carson will just mow the lawn without me saying anything. He'll go out there and do it because he, he just knows it needs to be done. Right. When they were younger, though, it was a negotiation, right? You know, like uh-huh. if, if you do this for me, I'll let you play in your Xbox for an additional half an hour. Wow. Before, you know, uh-huh. and, and it was a negotiation. But uh, yeah, anyways. 
one of the interesting things that I noticed about David that uh, I don't know too much about other kings in the Chronicles and first and second, first and second Kings is that uh, David, at one point in his memoir, actually acts like he's a prophet and, mm. and speaks as a prophet, Okay, uh, talking about his future and the future of his family. Um, and it, it was interesting to uh, note that in there because it is kind of a, uh, a big leap from, you know, living as a, um, as a king of Israel to saying, well, basically now I'm speaking as a prophet as the Lord speaks through me. Um, and I, I, was, I brought the fact that it was interesting because it was David. Mm-hmm. David who does not have um, one of those lives that would say this is a prophet's life, you know, as opposed to, as compared to the other prophets that we've noticed okay. in scripture. It just seemed kind of odd. But then when you realize it was David's lineage that brought about Jesus into the world. And so uh, it is a, it is an interesting concept to, to handle. Um, why do you, why do you think God allowed that to happen through David? Maybe in your own mind, uh, just off the knee jerk reaction to that. Oh, allowed him to prophesy. Yeah. Like why, oh, why yeah, wouldn't he just a, use a prophet to speak for David? Oh, why, why does oh, he use David? You oh, know? that's a great, that's a great thing. Um, great question. Uh, you know, um, I've I've spoken on this a uh, number of times. The role of the father in a family is very unique, right? The roles of moms are incredible. They're loving and nurturing, helpful, um, always there in our corner, even when we don't deserve it. Just great, you know. But the words and the and the spoken words of a father mm-hmm. and his role in yeah. our children's lives um, is really unique. And um, for a father to be able to speak blessings. Uh, towards his kids, yeah. and to do it under the uh, anointing of Holy Spirit, you know, do it for God and speak towards our children blessings, um, unrivaled and very unique. And so I believe that the Lord probably used uh, the gift of prophecy for David to be able to exercise at that point for his children to be able to hear um, is is a double blessing. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's coming from God, but it's also coming through our heavenly, our earthly father, from our heavenly father to our earthly father to us. Oh, oh my gosh, that is like a double, a double dip on yeah. the blessing, on the blessing ice cream, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I believe that's probably one of the reasons why it happened that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, just as an encouragement for you as a father and myself and all the men that might be listening, uh, to speak words of blessing over our kids mm-hmm. yeah. um, and and really tap in and allow Holy Spirit, be sensitive to Holy Spirit as he whispers things to you to convey to your children. And uh, Holy Spirit's always going to be encouraging, uplifting, and edifying, and to do it in such a way that uh, our kids are empowered to be able to tackle what God has for them in this world. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's interesting as David's prophesying this. It, it almost seems like he's uh, noting sort of this uh, divine covenant mm-hmm. that God's made with him somehow, somewhere. Right. right. Uh, I was looking uh, when I did the study for the message. I was looking many times trying to find if there's other any inkling of David having an understanding of this, and it you don't really get that sense. Like it just seems like he was really caught up in the drama of life for a lot of, a lot of his life. Uh, and then at this last moment, it seems like God kind of reveals sort of this to him. And I'm not really sure exactly how much God revealed to him because he doesn't really express that in the text, but he does seem to know that something in his future is going to carry on the line mm. of, of leadership in Israel. And uh, I think that was really uh, powerful for me to see that, you know, maybe maybe he did have a sense that, you know, Christ 
was coming on scene. He didn't know exactly that this was what it was going to be. Uh-huh. But you know, oftentimes, you know, I think of like Stephen when he was being stoned. You know, he had an, he had an image or a vision of you know of uh, Christ sitting on the throne, and and he saw the throne room. He saw heaven, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was thinking, I was thinking that maybe that's what David might have gotten an inkling of is something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, um, sort of that glorious image. Um, this to me is just a just a beautiful thing, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, getting back to the idea of, of this concept of how sometimes we are so obsessed with the idea of not going into oblivion that we want something to be recognized about our life that people talk about. Um, and David seems to throw that stuff out the window. He just kind of gives it up and says, Hey, uh, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I mentioned on Sunday, I said, you know, maybe it was just his age, you know, maybe he's, he's getting to the end of his life and is like, you know, Hey, you know, but I don't think that that was what was going on. I think David finally got to the point where he realized what was the priority, what was the most important. Yeah. And, uh, and he got basically a little taste of, uh, from, from God that this is what's going to happen. And I think that was just a really cool thing because it seems like God, uh, definitely gave him an idea of the everlasting covenant that was going to be there. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting part of the passage where David uh, talks about the wicked uh, coming into play and that trying to, um, it almost seems like he's saying that no one's going to be able to abate this situation. Nobody's going to be able to steal it from him or take it away from him. Um, and, I, and I really thought that was an interesting aspect of his last words. Like it was almost like a confirmation or an affirmation to those that were listening about David's lineage that, you know, uh, this has been put in place by God. It's not going to be destroyed by anyone else. And it was almost like for me, uh, that's, that's a consoling thing. You know, like if you're going to give everything over to God, like if you're finally going to say, God, uh, whatever my life is, it's because of you. But then that also is sort of a lot of trust. Like I trust you then that you're going to continue this work and continue it on. You're going to hold it together. You're going to make it be what it's supposed to be even mm-hmm. beyond when I'm not here. And, and I mean, honestly, that's my, that's one of my big fears, uh, is that when I go, you know, are my kids going to continue on in the faith? I mean, are mm. they just going to kind of like give it up or mm-hmm. walk away or, or did they see enough of my life to where they're saying, you know what, I want to still do what dad did mm-hmm. or my mom did because I saw it active in their life. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, kind of interesting as you read through this passage, you're seeing a little microcosm of many of David's Psalms that he wrote. Yeah. You know, how many times do we see David calling out upon the Lord? Um, and I believe, as you do as well, that many of those psalms that David wrote were prophetic. I mean, yeah. tons of them, right? So he spoke, sang prophetically. But then we see lots of times where David would be like, "You God, you see my enemies, and you see what they're doing, and you hear the words, smash them in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was yeah. one of my favorite ones. Just yeah. bash their teeth in, God. Right. And then then about two verses later, David's like, you know, God, you need to save him. Yeah. You know, and so, but David David pours his heart right out on the table. Yeah. And um, and I see this little blessing at the end here, this little memoir, um, has a, a little microcosm of a little of what we heard yeah. David uh, throughout his entire life. Yeah, and all, and all those uh, psalms you're referenced to, it's, it's so amazing, you know, and that really speaks again to what, you know, God said of David, that he is a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a special connection. He seemed to really be sensitive to the presence of God mm-hmm. speaking through him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not unlike what we do, you know, on Sunday when we have people singing and worshiping and mm-hmm. you, you kind of get a connection to that and it's something that speaks from your heart and some people get emotional, whatever it is. You yeah. Know? Uh, it seems like David, you know, connects to this stuff and it's, it's a really, it's a really cool experience. But, you know, my, uh, my, I think my overall 
thought about David in this moment was just, you know, hey, um, you know, if, if anything was worth my life here on this planet, it, it wasn't because of all the things that people are saying that I did. Mm-hmm. It's just one truth, which is the truth that, you know, God's been faithful through it all. And then to me, that was like the underlying uh, message is that um, <clears throat> we only have the faithfulness of God in our lives that help us make it from day to day. And, you know, I, I've done things in my, you've done things in your life uh, that people could say, wow, you know, Pastor Gary, that's pretty cool. You know, or Alex, that was really cool. Um, but that's, that's not the thing that's going to last the test of time. It, the legacy is built on the, the one that's the alpha and omega, the one that's beginning and the end. And we want to be uh, sort of melded in that. So we want to be melded in that story mm-hmm. because that's when we find um, that legacy actually having some, some power, some effect on anyone. Yeah. But, you know, what really struck me is I went to a funeral uh, that weekend of, of someone I was, uh, uh, Blake and, and um, Hannah asked me to play for this little praise and worship set they were doing. And so we were, I was there just in that capacity and, and I was listening to people talk about him. And it was amazing how everybody that talked about this person didn't reference his, I mean, apparently he's a wickedly smart guy, mm. had done a lot of things, very inventive but the one thing they always went back to is the guy loved to share his faith, loved to live for Jesus, loved to talk about God. And um, everybody seemed to go right back to that. That was people that were saved and unsaved. People that knew him said, you know, that, that were saved were like, this is a beautiful part of his life. People that were unsaved were like, he was a weird guy because he wanted to talk about Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool uh, experience to hear that. And I'm thinking, man, man, I hope that's my, <laughs> I hope that's my memoir, my story at the end when people look at it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but um, you know, you just pray, God, help me to continue forward and being consistent with that. And, you know, then I also mentioned on Sunday as we're closing, um, that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your memoir of your life and it is all about you, mm-hmm. then you, you kind of need to put it in the divine shredder, yeah. kind of let God begin to shred it and sit down with Jesus and begin to start talking about what the memoir should look like. And it, which is what it seems like David was doing here. He sits down with the Lord and he's like, Hey, you know, what, what should I, what should I say for my last words to the people? And then it goes into this idea of, of sharing his faith. Um, do you got any thoughts about uh, Sunday before we close? No, I don't. I don't. We're going to, it's going to be a, a one-off service. Yep. Just a one-off vision. Vision. And uh, just looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. Uh, I hope I get a chance to, because we're not going to be in a rush, you know, just with one service, we don't have a timeline necessarily. That right. We have to be done by. And um, that just, I just feel like um, I'm hoping that I'm just able to share from my heart what the Lord's laid on it. I think it'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Those services are always fun. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we always get people that have not been to church in a while and then they're like, we're outside. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everybody's showing yeah. up out there and they're ready to go inside. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's it for us, uh, this podcast. Uh, again, just remember that this uh, podcast is underwritten by the Avocado Farmers of America, and uh, they just want to let you know that uh, if you are uh, looking at avocado, just rem- avocado, remember that it's important to uh, eat as many as you can and uh, that it's a backup plan for your salad. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission now.